0: everyone welcome back to the guys of habit podcast this is episode 31 and we are live streaming on twitch.tv slash big bad timber on october 5th it is october already my friend i'm joined by my uh esteemed colleague co-host and friend vikram how the heck are you it's october it's fall let's get our pumpkin spice and uh hope everything will be nice this holiday season (laughs) how you doing my friend I like that uh,
1: tagline, pumpkin spice and everything nice. I already had my share, f- uh, my my fill of uh, pumpkin spice latte. Uh, broke out my uh, my hoodie clearly because uh, it's getting cold and nippy outside. Um, I, have, you want to uh, actually one thing I want to comment on? This is uh, my Maddion hoodie. Uh, came it came recently in the mail last week. Super pumped to be wearing it because They're you know how really long- expensive Maddie on hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's overly expensive, I think it was the right price uh, for the quality, the uniqueness, and the fact that I'm supporting Maddie on. So, joke folks out there, all of our
0: uh, Warzone buddies that's why uh, we were kind of re- flaming Vikram a little bit on uh, Discord when we we're playing Warzone about <laughs> the Maddie on hoodie a little bit. But it looks good, I will admit, it does look good.
1: It also ties in nicely with uh, my hat here, you see. Yeah, I got the green, the white, the blue, that. the pink, and... Very nice. Gotta accessorize, especially in these hard-trying times. <laughs> when you're not... Especially since I'm not able to see you in person, man, I gotta... Uh, I know. I gotta make... I gotta, I, I gotta look good for you.
0: Thank you. I, well, I appreciate that. But we we do need to get together soon and uh, try to figure out some socially distanced uh, gathering that we can have soon. Um, I know we've been talking about that for a while, so hopefully we can do Because my birthday's coming oh, up in I- a few weeks, so... Oh, ramen! Yes, ramen for sure. It's we been we definitely long
1: have. overdue that we have some 100%, ramen together. Hundred
0: percent, hundred percent, shout out to our favorite ramen place in uh, Chicago, Ramen Takea. uh We miss you very, very much, very, very much. Um, we've got a really fun episode here today. Um, we've got you know a new set of Vikram's music recommendations. We've got um a new comic book recommendation by yours truly. Um, and the rest of the episode is actually going to be geared towards uh, some talk about the uh, what I'm titling the episode, and Vikram got a big laugh out, out of it because uh, I tried to pre-order a PlayStation 5 and it did not happen, uh, like for many millions of uh, people. Um, this is called the console pre-order blues. <laughs> Very sad. Uh, but before we get to that, Vikram, uh, anything new? What's going on with you?
1: Yeah, so um, it's been a while since we uh, last have an ep- had an episode. I want to say like a good like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been busy and man, just like uh, this time of year is just uh, it's uh, it's a hectic fun time to be sure. Uh, one thing uh, with my new music recommendations, of course, uh, it fills a vibe. It fills a mood for any season. Right now, I am listening to my fair share of Halloween music, uh, Monster Mash, Thriller, all good stuff to keep in mind and on your rotating playlist as usual, folks. One, to that is completely different from Halloween music. It's new music. Came out September 18th. Uh, his, uh, this artist, Lido, his name uh, is Peter uh, Losnagard. He's a Norwegian producer, singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. This was his highly anticipated uh, concept album, Pater, um that is inspired by his own personal life um along with the french novella le petit prince or the little prince so just uh reading you know just before i even get into the tracks um he shared on twitter that this album is not a musical none of the songs are about a boy who lives on a spaceship these stories are from my life and these thoughts and reflections are my own the story of the boy is like a blueprint a set of guidelines that helped me write the music and a reminder to stay connected to the naivety and playfulness I felt towards music as a kid. How awesome is that, Mike?
0: Um, it's interesting, because that's not what I got with the song that you recommended. <laughs> but it is very well, that was interesting. The one, that was only one song. I know. you got to listen to the whole album. I know. Yeah. And, um, um, and you're going to hate me for this, but man, I was not feeling... I couldn't... Really? Yeah, I did not like it. I thought it was like way too... Way too overproduced, and then I wasn't, like, I don't know, I wasn't vibing with it. I just didn't like it that much, you know? I guess it's just not for me. And then probably it'll come out and be, like, brilliant and critically acclaimed, because apparently I don't like critically acclaimed stuff, so... <laughs> it's definitely probably all me and my my taste, so it, it, I just didn't vibe with it. Um, I'd definitely be willing to give the album a try, though.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I sincerely want to encourage everybody to try out this album, um, it's, it reminds me a lot of Maddion, but Maddion kind of goes a little bit more in the darker territory and a little bit more uplifting. Um, but that's not to say that Lido isn't all that similar. And I see a lot of commonalities that he shares, but it's, a uh, you know, like Lido said in his Twitter, it's a lot more, n- uh, playfulness with, uh, the instrumentals. Um, I mean, you have gospel and R and B sounds, um, you have the electronics of course, uh, going there, but I'm really digging, the EDM scene right now. Um, there's a lot of playfulness in the scene going on here. Um, there's 12 tracks total opens up with yellow bike, which is very minimalist. It's like almost like when you wake up in the morning, the alarm that you want to wake up to. So really like I, that, like just as a first impression, of the album, I really enjoyed that because it was like an awake and then it goes into rise, uh, which is a song that I shared with you, which I really enjoyed because uh, I, I guess maybe it's just the, uh, the inner child in me um, that Leto is sparking up, but I really enjoyed like the, the spark noises in the song and just like the, the, the sheer playfulness of like cacophony of sounds and just everything that he's kind of experimenting with. So um, definitely vibed a lot with this album. Um, a lot of the lyrics, like the more you go into them, the more you understand and piece together what Lido is trying to like uh, chronicle throughout his life. And I think that's really cool.
0: awesome but yeah awesome awesome yeah. um yeah i mean i i i can see how because it is very that song that i listened to was pretty experimental maybe that's why i didn't jive fully with it because i didn't really like some of the sounds i guess that he was playing with yeah um but like I, that that's just me so um uh definitely listen if you you always get a damn good recommendation on vikram's music recommendation so i highly suggest listening to the whole album as i will
1: I think it, I, I think it works best if I want to say, like around like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. If you have like an hour of time just to give, um, where you're trying to unwind, you're trying to like you know get ease yourself to sleep, close out your day. I think this is the perfect album to just like chill to, relax in a nice chair, listen to the full album, close your eyes, think back to when you were a kid. I think that's what sets the mood straight for the song or for this album
0: awesome
1: awesome yeah. awesome um the other al- the other new music recommendation because i always got uh i have to have like uh di- different combinations and uh, choices here uh joji his highly highly anticipated second album nectar released on september 25th for those who don't know joji he's a youtuber um, turned singer st- songwriter. He started off in YouTube with his aliases Filthy Frank and Pink Guy. Uh, just enormously popular. Really funny too, um, uh, because he, he a lot of his humor is just like shock humor, um, which he definitely plays it up. So if you're a fan of that, definitely go into his YouTube page and just see a couple of his old videos. They're hysterical, um, but they're not for the faint of heart. Um, so you know, full warning and disclosure there. But he retired from the channel to pursue a music career, um, and this album really is the fruition of everything, uh, like completing his evolution of just like as a singer-songwriter and the direction that he chose for himself. Um, one song that I sent over to you was uh, Gimme Love. Um, what do you think of the song, Mike?
0: You know, I, I, the song, so I don't know how to say this, but I, I watched the music video of that song, and the music video was like really like trippy and um, distracting for me. It felt like okay, like, like I, I it took away from the actual song. Like I didn't hate the song, but I I'm kind of <laughs> upset that I kept watching the music video because like I kept getting distracted. Like it like felt like the music video felt like it was like someone on Adderall, just like like just it was just like just yeah, like just I was disoriented. Like by okay. the actual music video and like, I mean, does that make sense? I guess it would make no, sense, it if, sense if anyone totally saw the music video. I suggest just listening to the track and not watching the music video because I literally got dizzy just watching the music video.
1: <laughs> got it. Oh man, I, I didn't get that impression. I was just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm liking, I'm liking the beat. I'm liking um, the snare drum in the background and um, just like where it goes and just like. Um, it's almost like a like the music video itself is like different vignettes from his life, um, just like chronicling like his sorrow, his joys, and everything in between. Yeah, but it's and like like I think
0: way too hyper fast. Like it's literally uh-huh. like the way it's shot is like, like for me, I couldn't like like my eyes were just like 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 darting around like this, like this constantly, right, right. I, constantly, I,
1: you're, because you're because you're just like looking at all the different scenes and trying to understand yeah. like what's the narrative, your principal interest. Start listening and to the actual be, song. To, to be honest, don't pay so much attention to the specificity. Just focus on the the mood and the vibe that he's trying to set, and I think that's just emblematic of the album in general. Um, just the entire album is how do I want to put this? Like melancholic, right? Would you say kind of say like that's kind of like the right mood? Yeah, to give? It, it
0: is. That's why it was like weird watching the music video because that's I didn't get that vibe from the music video, but the song right. I got that vibe. If that makes sense. Yep.
1: Yeah no so I mean like a lot some of the songs are gonna feel like a little bit gloomy or hyper or just overall sad and Joji himself isn't like like he's not an outstanding singer by any means he's like almost very raspy when he kind of like goes about it um and gets into it but I think it's just it, it, the the care like the overall production of the album just what he's tying in all together and how it's like true to himself um I think it's I I, I personally really like it um. Like, you appreciate a lot of, like, the songwriting that he has. Um, in one of his songs, uh, he, his lyrics read out, Living so loud, you could never hear me cry. Um, I'm just like, dang, that's... Once you really get into that, like, that's really deep.
0: Yeah, it is, for sure. That's mm-hmm. that's a great line.
1: Oh, yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, highly recommend Joji. Um, if you're interested in that scene, also follow 88 Rising. Uh. I believe that one song was uh, summertime or not some, um, Oh God. What I'm going to 88. I want to get the song right. So that folks understand like why I really like, uh, like the song, uh, summer, summer madness. That's the song, uh, midsummer madness. Um, really recommend 88 rising. He's part of that group along with other, uh, Asian artists like Nikki, rich Brian, Higher Brothers, so definitely give 88 Rising and Joji a listen to if you're looking for something more different.
0: Awesome, awesome, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's great, man. Um, moving on to my recommendation for the week, uh, I've got a comic book recommendation. I want to set this up um, by saying uh, the reason why I'm picking this certain um, comic book run and uh, by this uh, writer-artist is because he just came out recently during the pandemic with an awesome podcast, and if you are not following Rob Liefeld's podcast, um, they launched a few months ago. Um, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. If you if you don't know who Rob Liefeld is, I, I'm a big uh, 90s comic nerd because that's when I was grew up reading comics. Um, Rob Liefeld mm-hmm. was one of the uh comic book artist, one of the superstar comic book artists from Marvel back in the 90s who co-founded uh Image Comics. Um mm-hmm. and um very controversial because of his uh um his his storytelling and art uh specifically because he he draws in the very um exaggerated style much like Jack Kirby did um but he mm-hmm. gets a lot of criticisms like oh he can't draw feet and his anatomy is not proportionate but um you know i don't think people really understood who study the history of comics he's very influenced by um guys like art adams and uh jack kirby who you know that their anatomy was exaggerated and that's kind of the Mm -hmm. storytelling and most of the image guys do draw exaggerated like if you're a big fan of jim lee he's one of them big fan of tarth mcfarland he he he, mcfarland he's one of them there's some of my favorites because i i grew up uh uh with their comic books um but this run on and his podcast is phenomenal and and um just to set it up um You know, he kind of gets into a lot of the behind the scenes of what went on with the formation of Image, what was going on at Marvel at the time, because he's actually one of the he created uh, two of Marvel's very popular characters uh, in the X-Men universe, Cable and Deadpool, and he created Mm X-Force. So, um, you know, he gets into all that. It's really, really great. But what I want to talk about is not X-Men related, surprisingly. It's actually um, right here in this giant omnibus I actually have right here. This is uh, the Marvel Ooh. Universe uh, by Rob Liefeld. It's awesome. And uh, in this, it contains um, a six... That is a hefty... It that is, is a hefty is tome my, my, This is uh, Vikram. Now, you know, it's funny. I've got a couple boxes of single issues still uh, left, um, but all I have in the back right there actually are giant omnibuses like this to
1: mm. read.
0: So this is actually what I have in my library um, for comic books now um as giant omnibuses but that's um the the run I'm going to talk about here is the 6 issue run uh of Heroes Reborn Captain America it's a Captain America run and quickly just to let you know what Heroes Reborn was um Marvel at the time was struggling with certain, like X-Men all X-Men and Spider-Man were their big sp- sellers in the 90s um and late 80s and and they always sold they're amazing sales mm-hmm. you know um, but comic books like The Avengers, Captain America, Fantastic Four, and Iron Man were teetering, actually, in the 90s, in the mid-90s. And um, after, the guy, after Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, uh, uh, Rob Liefeld, uh, uh, Wills Pertasio, Mark Silvestri, uh, Jim Valentino all left to form Image. Um, they, and a couple years later, Marvel came a in to actually uh, some of the Image guys. And uh, Todd McFarlane turned them down famously, and uh, but Jim Lee and uh, um, Rob Liefeld didn't, and they they got a huge payday from Marvel to come back, and um, under their imprint from uh, from Image, there because because they all had studios for Image after they formed Image. Um, yeah, Jim Lee had the uh Wild Storm and then uh Rob Liefeld had, had Extreme Studios. They they contracted both Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld to come and take those character uh to basically reboot uh the Fantastic Four, Avengers, Iron Man, and Captain America. Jim Lee took Jim Lee and his guys uh from his studio took Fantastic Four and um uh Iron Man. And uh Rob Liefeld took uh Captain America and the Avengers. And what they did was basically reboot and refresh the characters and they called the series Heroes Reborn. So it was Heroes Reborn Captain America, Heroes mm-hmm. Reborn Avengers, Heroes Reborn Iron Man and Hero- Heroes Reborn uh, Fantastic Four. So, and they actually have a giant omnibus for if you want to collect the whole thing or they have trade paperbacks you can read them. They're really, they're really, really good. Um, Jim Lee's art is amazing um, in those, but I'm going to talk about Captain America because he kind of, he, he went on b- the history Please go listen to his podcast. It's absolutely fascinating. He gets into how Jim Lee also, almost um, ran Marvel during their ba- right before their bankruptcy. And the bankruptcy is basically what halted Jim Lee from uh, taking over at Marvel as a publisher, or editor-in-chief, or whatever it is. So it's really, really fascinating. But his six-issue Captain America run is awesome. If you are a fan of—I don't want to get too much into it. Because I think it's left uh, it's better left read and experienced um, but if you enjoyed the movie Captain America the Winter Soldier, as I'm sure everyone has because it's my favorite Marvel movie um, or if you enjoyed Ed Brewbreaker's run on Captain America, this is I believe, I mean it's kind of clear um, the ide- <laughs> they get a lot of ideas for the winter Soldier story arc from his run on Captain America. It's very uh, reminiscent of that. And this was, you know, created in the 1990s. It was mid nineties, 95, 96, I think. Um, So, you know, a decade before, Uh, You know, the Marvel Universe Cinematic Universe even started in a decade before Ed Brewbreaker wrote these uh, Captain America comics. So highly, highly recommend these. Um, And please check out Rob Liefeld's podcast. If you're a comic book nerd, you'll get a lot of interesting uh, information that really hasn't been revealed before. And it's really, really fun. Um, but that's all I got for you. I, I really enjoy it. Um, th- this actually though, the Omnibus I have right now actually connects uh, collects his six issue Avengers run too, which is really interesting. It's very different. Um, Hulk has like this long hair. It's it's really cool. Like really really cool. Very exaggerated. Almost really like, cool.
1: Are we talking like are we talking like Sakar Hulk? Or yes, actually, like yeah. almost. I, I mean, dude, okay. it's got it's it. funny
0: because like they 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 took a lot out of his run and Jim Lee's runs from heroes were born. Basically mm-hmm. the whole concept of it was, was they just retooled the heroes were born concept and made it basically the ultimate universe. So, so it's just like, they tried to reboot everything with heroes were born. Um, it sold well, but then it started, the, the sales started dwindling because of, uh, there's a lot of political stuff that happened, and, and, and within Marvel and the bankruptcy and the comic book uh, crash um, that happened. Um, but uh, I didn't want to say it failed; it didn't fail. But uh, they, they kind of abandoned it. Let's say they abandoned Heroes Reborn, and then a decade later, or you know, five or six years later, they start they create the ult- excuse me the Ultimate Comics line. You know, where they basically start a new universe of you know all these you know uh Marvel characters you get Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Avengers, you know, and they get all these great writers and artists like Mark Miller who came over and did the Ultimates, did Ultimate X-Men and uh, Warren Ellis did Ultimate Fantastic Four, Brian Michael Bendis, they they basically they basically grabbed all of the indie guys and gals and uh put them all in and created all the Ultimates line with them. So they and most of them actually did uh books for image before that so it's really interesting but yeah that's where the concept came from it's really really good i highly recommend it
1: awesome well you're gonna have to let me uh borrow that book sometime so i can uh read it myself
0: i will i definitely will i will yeah i've been on a because of this i've been on a rob liefeld kick actually i've been on like a 90s marvel kick i'm i'm reading todd McFarlane's spider-man run i'm reading uh Rob Liefeld's new. Okay movie.
1: now now you got my now you got my attention because Todd McFarlane like oh
0: yeah I don't know uh, I so famous?
1: I know like I I know very much like you know casual intermediate level of comic books You're, you you yeah. obviously have way more depth of knowledge and scope there too um, I know Todd McFarlane as far as just like you know being the creator of Spawn mm-hmm. um, and just like yeah. trying to get like Spawn to become like the next like big thing which tried taking off in the nineties with the movie run and then didn't really quite land anywhere. Um, and then there was the animated series for Which a while is great, too. On
0: HBO, yeah, that was yep. awesome. Yep. Um, you know, it's yep. funny, Vikram. I you know, just going back, I've been reading all like if anyone enjoyed um the when we were kids, the Fox Kids X-Men cartoon and the Spider-Man cartoon, you owe a lot oh, yeah. of that to um um past Spider-Man, obviously, but there's a lot of Todd McFarlane's run in there, and there's a lot of, of, of Jim Lee's X-Men run. The designs are basically what Jim Lee's designs for X-Men, basically, um, for that X-Men yeah. cartoon. And I've actually, I've got, what's awesome, Vikram, is actually I've got all these. They're all this size. I've got um, New Mutants mm-hmm. by Rod Bleifeld and uh, Spider-Man by Todd McFarlane, which includes the Venom run, because he co-created Venom. Um, okay. And um, Jim Lee's X-Men uh, with Cl- Claremont, all in fat, hardcover books, man. I've mm-hmm. been reading those. They're so awesome. It's so awesome, man. Because that's what I nice. grew up reading when I was a kid. I, I literally, I still have some single issues. I have X-Men number one. I have X-Force number one. I have Spider-Man number one. I have all of them, the, the ones that they created, the image guys uh, in the 90s. So, um, yeah. That's uh, that's all I got for you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, please check it out. Um, shall we move on to our larger topic of the show?
1: I want to move—yes, I, um, I know the entire second half of our show is going to be focused on, like, PS5 versus Xbox, but you and I both love Nintendo. We 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 got to sneak in Nintendo here just to, like, give, like, a ba- balanced fair news of just, like, what's new that happened with Nintendo. Um, not a whole lot, really. Like, <laughs> just from my casual observation, like, the second half of the year for Nintendo is really subpar. I got myself the Mario All Star Collection only because like it's a limited release, yeah, I still gotta and I've like been that. really, I have been enjoying and getting frustrated with Sunshine like no other. Um, now you remember why I really couldn't beat this game when I was much younger. Um, the platforming levels are god awful. The camera is just horrendous, and but once you like avoid past all, which it's tough. You have to really like have a competitive mind where it's like. You're not going to get, like, you're not going to put down a game that's geared to kids, and it's Mario, of all things, that's going to, like, get you frustrated. Like, come on. Right. Like, you got to you gotta get past it.
0: You know, I'm surprised so. for that release, Vikram, that they didn't try to, instead of remastering it, kind of remaking Mario Sunshine. Yeah. Because the game's awesome. I love Mario Sunshine. It's one of my favorites, but there's some really challenging and frustrating elements to that game, um, and the controls, and it's 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 a little tough um
1: i right 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 now the one level that i'm getting stuck at is the uh the manta ray level like you're in the hotel uh area oh, yeah, and then yeah. like the big manta ray comes you like squirt water at it and then suddenly like it divides out and then you have to like kill all the the smaller like critters and it's just like geez just like you like i feel like i'm grinding like by just like removing all the muck and yeah. then just yeah, it's it's tough, um, but it's a tough game really forces you to be creative. And there's no better platforming engine than a Mario game to, you know, for you to like play around and just like move around in 360 space. Right. Uh, in whatever degree I'm looking really forward. I'm saving Galaxy uh, for later. I'm going to get into 64 and Sunshine for now. Oh. But um, on to other new Nintendo news, uh, a new Smash Fighter was announced. Yeah, I really didn't care much for it. I'll
0: be <laughs> honest. How you. do you...
1: How do you... Oh, come on, Mike. How do you not care about Steve, Alex, Enderman, and Zombie? Didn't do it for from me, From Minecraft. From the world of Minecraft. Didn't, didn't do it.
0: Really? Yeah, and I don't know what the hell Nintendo is doing because... You've got to think about their Super Smash Brothers uh you know audience are they really minecraft players
1: i would argue 100% yes wow
0: i would totally not think that
1: i i i i i absolutely think so i think that uh in this day and age um it used to be like 20 years ago when you're um again 2000s right the big 3 at the time when you were really thinking about it from like you know sony sega and nintendo was uh mario for nintendo Crash Bandicoot for Sony, which, by the way, the new Crash Bandicoot 4 uh, came out. Yeah, no, and unfortunately,
0: I mean, it got great reviews, but unfortunately, it's uh, not selling very well, which is very sad. It is I, uh, I, I read that today, unfortunately.
1: Yep. So Crash Bandicoot, and then for Sega, it was Sonic, and that was the big three. I would argue that in this day and age, uh, the big three is kind of, at least for kids like of this generation, yeah. Uh like we were when like you and me were teenagers, like preteens, whatever. Uh still Mario for Nintendo, surprisingly. I mean, enduring popularity, uh, to no end. Um and then I would also say like Fortnite and Minecraft.
0: Fortnite definitely. So I think but but the thing is, Vicar, my only my only challenge on that is I didn't think you know, I didn't think there were I mean, you you would think that uh more younger players are playing Minecraft, right? I mean, that's a probably younger age demographic, right? Smash Brothers, yes. I mean, always has been a much more I don't want to say adult oriented game, but it but it's it's skewed people that I mean love fighting games which are a little older than the younger demographic of Minecraft. That's why I'm think that's why in my mind I I didn't think it was a good strategy for Nintendo to do this because mm-hmm. Everyone that's playing Smash Brothers doesn't really play Minecraft in my – I mean, and again, I don't have any hard facts about this. It's just, you know, just mm-hmm. gauging from, from, from who's the, – the, there's two different audiences, yeah.
1: you know? My only rebuttal to that is I think that Smash is evolving more into a video game museum. It is a testament to the – like, Minecraft cemented itself right from the get-go. Right, as like wow, the it like the attachment rate when you consider like the demographic and the reach and just like how simple the concept was right. and how quickly it became like you know when you see like merchandising and people like doing insane stuff like building uh the Lord of the Rings like Middle Earth in Minecraft. You think about all the uh, the possibilities that emerged from the game and how many consoles that it came out on, um, um, and how and it spread. I think that absolutely. Minecraft deserves to be part of Smash Brothers as a result of its intense popularity uh, set up. So yeah, um, I think side note, and this is a good segue into like you know the next focus of our discussion here is that I'm really digging the relationship and the partnership between Microsoft and Nintendo, and right now it kind of seems one sided. Microsoft is giving up a lot of their acquired IPs. I say acquired because they acquired Minecraft and they acquired Banjo-Kazooie. And you see both of those characters in Smash. And you're seeing other Microsoft-licensed IPs like Ori and the Will of the Wisp, Ori and um, the... uh, I forget the titles, but the Ori games Mm -hmm. um, coming out on Nintendo. And you're starting to see like, wow, Microsoft is kind, it's kind of one-sided. I'm looking forward to the idea and possibility that maybe there's a couple of Nintendo IPs that would translate well for Xbox Series X and beyond. I'm thinking in my head already like Bayonetta. I'm thinking like Metroid. I could see Samus playing really well if they decide like, hey, we're going to release Metroid for both Nintendo, for the Switch, as well as for the Xbox. And I think that's a cool thing because there's synergy there versus like other games like Mario and Zelda and Pokemon. They absolutely deserve to be kept on Nintendo devices. Like you shouldn't, Nintendo should absolutely not like open that up to the masses because it doesn't play well there. But other more mature IPs like that definitely leans more in the Microsoft territory.
0: That will never happen. Uh,
1: I think it will. I I, I, I think you're starting. I, I really think, I think you're starting to see a maturation of the re- I, of the partnership, I, I, and I think this could be the result. I think of it.
0: Nintendo will never, ever, ever, unless they fail another console launch again, they will never give away and let their IPs um uh cross platforms other than a Nintendo console. I think the partnership with Nintendo and Microsoft is. I'm not disagreeing with you. It's not one. It's it is one sided, um, but the reason being for that, and I think we're gonna get that uh, into that when we discuss the Xbox Series X. Um, that's Microsoft's strategy. They are turning themselves not into a. Uh, they're they're turning themselves into more, more software business uh, than the console uh, business. They are investing heavily in streaming technology or a cloud technology. And um, their studios that they've bought, and you know, recently they bought Bethesda, which is huge for them. Um, you're going to see, just like you're going to see Bethesda games not be exclusive <laughs> to Microsoft uh, consoles and only, they're going to be on PlayStation. They're going to be on Nintendo um, because it would be stupid to leave all those software sales on the floor will they have a timed exclusivity possibly but i don't even think they're gonna go go that way i think microsoft is really set, setting themselves up to they're trying to expose more of their ips um to the nintendo fan base so they can basically bring them over i to see I, you know what
1: i i I see what you're saying now um it's no mystery that microsoft is a gaming studio has been unable to penetrate into the Japanese video game market.
0: Hundred yes, percent. And
1: the best way to do that is to align and create that synergy with Nintendo. Why not? Because you've got as much of look their at the market rate
0: of the Switch Absolutely. in Japan, not only in yes, America but in yes. Japan. You think that yep. you think they're not getting? They're like, oh, micro, Oh my God! Look at these. These are on. These came from the Xbox or the Ori games, and and and. Um, you know, uh, uh, there, you know, the banjo kazooie and and the retro studio stuff that they're doing, like all the Mm -hmm. stuff that they're bringing over, um, you know, cuphead, cuphead on on the switch, you know, like cuphead, yes, you know, so so um, they're you know they fit, and it sucks too because they actually on the they really did try to penetrate um just uh the Japanese market with some awesome games on the Xbox 360 and the Xbox, like I mean, Dragon Tales. Tales
1: of Vesperia,
0: Blue Dragon, one of my favorites, uh, Lost Odyssey, another one but by the creator of uh, Final Fantasy, Hironobu Sakaguchi, arguably a better Final Fantasy games than the recent Final Fantasy games that have come out for the last 10 years, um, you know, and, and they just failed, they bombed, because nobody bought Xboxes in Japan, yep. nobody's gonna buy an Xbox Series X in Japan, unless they get some more exposure from, from Microsoft's IPs, like I... they're getting from the Switch,
1: yep. Yep, and especially now with uh, well, we might as well just get into it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, how do how do we want to start? I think that uh, Microsoft uh, is Microsoft's overall strategy with their partnership with Nintendo is going to pay dividends. I think that they're going to be finally able to penetrate into the Japanese market. You really look at the the breakdown of um, like just technologies that a typical household in Japan or in the U.S. right. In the U.S., it's no mystery, its no mystery that um, uh, typically you uh, households have either a Nintendo Switch and a either and either I say between an Xbox or PlayStation. You know, there's a small minority, and I know you're part of that minority group that owns all consoles, irrespective. But you're starting to see more and more willingness for folks to like, hey, I like Nintendo games. I'm going to play the Nintendo games on my Switch and then I'm going to have either a PlayStation or an Xbox, depending on what your what their preferences. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, the strategy for uh, getting into the Japanese market with uh, trying to align more closely with Nintendo and their IPs, I think is a bold one. I think it'll pay handsomely well. I think that. Because you have to see the popularity now more than ever of PC gaming, and just how global PC gaming has taken off. And you look at—I mean, yes, Xbox Series X definitely didn't sell out in pre-orders as uh, hotcakes as uh, the PlayStation Five. You know, I will concede that. But Microsoft—I mean, consoles by themselves like are a sunk cost. You will get gamers via the games. Um, or DLC or online purchases, online content, because really the console is a gateway to everything else uh, for, well, really a gateway to more of your wallet, right? Right. And so Microsoft's strategy of having Game Pass and trying to open up Game Pass as much as possible um, with PC audiences is a great strategy. I love Microsoft taking the strategy of we're going to become the Netflix of gaming and you you look at the, um, you know, you're looking at new competitors now in Amazon and Google who are trying to eat up some share. But Microsoft is like rebutting that by showing that they can be a juggernaut in the future of cloud gaming and um, just gaming overall. And, you know, they're more serious than ever with building their IPs. Um, they made it a. Uh, they made it very well known at their um, at the last last year's E3. How many studios that they were going to acquire then, and you know in another in just this year, just a few uh, a week a week or two ago, they acquired Bethesda, and it shows their affirmed commitment to that space uh, to counter and compete effectively against Sony. So here's
0: here's here's the risk and all this i think first of all i, I i'm not going to disagree with you because i i think i've been saying it all along for the past year that um xbox transitioning into this new generation of consoles i'm not going to say they ca- they do obviously care about the hardware but clearly they click they care more about their software um and they have they said you know what we're not we don't we don't care if we're going to win the console war just like you said it's a sunk cost what we care about is is having our services game pass xbox live you know all the things that they're offering project x cloud available to everyone and you can play all these games from whatever platform you want to play pc you want to buy an xbox here it is it's got great specs it's cheaper than a pc um than a high end pc it's it's for you it's right here you want to play it on PC? Great. We have all of our games available on Windows. Um, we're going to put some on the Switch, you know, if, if we can, obviously, because, you know, there, there's hardware limitations on
1: we're certain. No, well, also, also certain um, IPs play better to the Switch audience yeah, compared they're, to... They're, right. right.
0: But here's the thing, though. This was shocking because Microsoft paid $7 billion, with a capital B, billion dollars for Bethesda. That is more than what Disney paid to acquire Marvel. A lot more. Yep. That is a yep. lot more than Disney acquired to pay uh uh Star Wars. And I believe it's on par with what Disney paid to acquire Fox. I don't remember that transaction, but I know definitely Star Wars and Marvel were way under the $7 billion um, (laughs) transaction. So Microsoft is just going out buying these studios and trying to integrate them into Xbox Game Pass and uh, into Xbox uh, Cloud Technology. Um, And they are spending a lot... Now, listen, they've got tons of money. I mean, it's Microsoft. They're doing some spectacular things on the technology front. But... You know, that is a lot of money to invest. They are going all in on all their services. Um, And that's where they're heading. They've completely given the console market space up to Sony and Nintendo. They said, we're out of it. We'll create them. Sure. We'll give you a cheap alternative to a high-end PC, but we're out. This is our platform now. We are expanding to cloud technology, cloud gaming we're expanding our Xbox game Pass um mm-hmm. and and that's the direction they're going and from a standpoint i I think that is actually a brilliant stand uh, a brilliant tack to take because um, they finally realize they can't compete with Sony or Microsoft in the console space but they have something else to offer <coughs> because they're a technology company you know and and a brilliant technology company at that with them would, would Incredible innovations um so they're leaning they're pushing gaming in that way in the in the way of innovation you know which is which is really awesome um and that excites I, I, me because yeah. um yep. you know i don't have to buy an xbox anymore <laughs> which
1: is awesome <laughs> true and i i have yet to catch up because uh i do not own a pc but um now that uh bethesda is part of microsoft I, I I dearly hope the next Elder Scrolls game. I I think the next Elder Scrolls game is confirmed as well as um what was the, the 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 sci-fi game Starbound Starfield. Starfield, yeah. Um that Starfield and Elder Scrolls they were committed to being on all platforms, right. you know, depending right. on which, like, which ones can support and handle it. Yeah, I would expect that to honor that. Um but it really does throw a wrench. I mean, I'm happy for it because uh this means that we could potentially see New Vegas 2. Or just an expansion right. on Fallout Universe. Uh, I really didn't. I, I enjoyed Fallout Four. It was my gateway to the Fallout Universe. Mm-hmm. Beforehand, I hadn't played a whole lot of Fallout games, and I'm thankful for because before I switched to the X, uh, before I switched to the PlayStation Four, I owned a, uh, an Xbox One. Um, that was like my first big purchase console that I made once I, um, started, uh, getting income, uh, from work. Um, to me, that was like, I'm finally a big boy console, like with my own money, I'm going to be playing like all these mature games that were before I was like playing on my Game Boy, um, or like my Nintendo console. Um, so it was like a step up for me. And. Then I switched over to PlayStation because PlayStation had the better IPs and the better content that appealed more to me. Right. So, I mean, I'm 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 very much a, a fan of where Microsoft is going and where Microsoft is as a technology company. But, but I have to admit that yes, I switched over mid-cycle um because Playstation won me over. But um you know, what what's the argument for Playstation 5? You know, um just all the snafu with uh, how they rolled out their pre-orders yeah, and Microsoft terrible, jabs man. at them, like well, I, I know you have a story to share about just like your Dude, own, I, yeah, adventures.
0: I, mean, I want a PlayStation Five. That's the only next-gen console I want, and um, I actually had it in my cart in my Best Buy cart, and I mm-hmm. was at, when all when they started selling out and the whole snafu started happening um, after their presentation for the PlayStation Five. Um, I actually was in my on my phone in my best buy app, literally refreshing as I was seeing, um, the other retailers starting to post them. And I had one in my cart for over an hour and I couldn't check out. So, um, I know that happened because I, I went to Twitter, everyone was on Twitter complaining about it and all this stuff. And I've, I've seen people like, you know, order multiple, like you, the, the f up thing is, is that it seemed like people, um, bots were behind it and, Right yep. after that started happening, everything was on eBay, and they were going for, like, $1,000 or... Like, screw this. I'm done. I don't even... Yeah. You know, I actually did want to buy a, a PlayStation 5, and now this just made me not want to get one for a long time.
1: Um, did you want to... So, curious for your thoughts mm-hmm. here. Did you want to get the disc version or the discless digital I version? Was,
0: see, I was hovering on both getting the disc or the discless. I had the disc in my... um um cart, uh, because that was the only one that would allow me to put in my cart. I thought about getting sure. the the digital, but then I saw the digital hard space, the hard drive space on the di- all digital one. I'm like, dude, it'll fit two games on there at most, especially if you're playing Call of Duty Warzone. You can only fit that game on the play on the all digital version. It's garbage. I mean, th- when will they put? And I know they're trying to keep the cost down, but dude, when will they put um larger SSDs in there? You know, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, the Xbox Series I, I, X I, I too. Think that,
1: yep, I think that speaks to just where the flash memory market is as a whole right now. There hasn't been a whole lot of leaps and innovations in that space, right? I I have heard that the PlayStation Five uh, no longer sounds like a jet engine compared to the PlayStation. Apparently, the fan is very or, quiet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've heard good things about it. My um, it's 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 very interesting. Um seeing PlayStation strategy or Sony strategy play out with PlayStation five. Just like going all in on the digital, because that's exactly what Microsoft wanted to do with the Xbox one. Right. And they were roundly panned by everybody for going in that direction and forcing that choice. I give Sony credit for giving a choice in the matter and not like saying, Oh, we're going to go all in on digital gaming. Right. But when I, so personally as a consumer, I, I'm, Right now, I'm in a space where I have a lot of games that I have to finish off on the PlayStation 4. Right. And I'm personally going to wait until the mid-cycle refresh because you know there's going to be a mid-cycle refresh for the and PlayStation 5. It'll probably 5. be
0: smaller and, and better. and.
1: It'll probably be smaller. It'll probably have better flash memory once the market figures out better technologies in that space. And hopefully and the pandemic's
0: also... over because that'll yes. hopefully bring the prices down for that as well. Yes,
1: one would hope, mm-hmm. but it's in, it's also interesting that uh, the price of games have increased too. Yep,
0: they I are. Knew that uh, was
1: happen. Yeah, but ten dollars, so it's like two. It's fine. To normal I mean, consumer, I, I yeah. don't
0: care. People, I mean, but but you know, people will pay it, but I'm not going to pay you full I, price for it anymore.
1: I think you and I are both aware on not just. Uh, like just the price point but it's like you're paying 70 dollars but in actuality you're probably like for certain games you're gonna pay like 150 dollars just like for dlc content right that's gonna be baked into it dude you know
0: what really pisses me off about this too and i'm gonna talk about my the reason why i wanted a playstation 5 um Demon Souls is an exclusive to a PlayStation Five. It's a remake. Oh,
1: but you gotta love the console wars and, and uh, their console exclusives. But,
0: but the thing is, though, Demon Souls—they're actually trying to make up for the fuck up that, excuse my language, but they really did fuck up with Demon Souls on the PlayStation Three. Um, it was a Sony PlayStation Three exclusive, and they didn't like uh, Shuhei Yoshida didn't even he he thought Demon Souls was crap and he didn't want it. So Atlas actually published it um instead of sony and they effed up because demon souls turned into this ginormous franchise and it was one of the best games regarded on the playstation 3 it sold playstation 3 units um in japan and in the u.s um Mm -hmm. and it created this amazing uh you know i mean from software like just created a series of games i mean we got bloodborne because of demon souls playstation 4 exclusive and now that's gonna probably there's probably gonna be a Bloodborne 2 on PlayStation Five, which I will want. Um, but we're still
1: waiting. We're still waiting news on Elden Ring 2, which is right, the right, uh, Elden collaboration Ring. Right. With but, but that's gonna be Park. yeah, that's yep. gonna
0: be that's gonna be available everywhere, so I can buy it on PC. Not a big deal. Right. Um. The, the thing that pissed me off is I know how long Demon's Souls is, and it's a remake of Demon's Souls. Demon's Souls is not. A, I mean, I would pay seventy dollars for it because it's w- literally one of my favorite games of all time. Um, but it's not a seventy-dollar game. It's not. I mean, it's a re- it's a remake of a PlayStation Three game, and you're charging that. Is much. it
1: a re- is it a re- So it's not a remaster. It's not like new mechanics no, it's or a complete new re-
0: Well, it is kind of new mechanics because they're okay. completely rebuilt it from the ground up. You can see a lot of things have been have changed. If you if you're a big fan of the game, like the way the animations are, are completely redone, the 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 combat is similar but different. You could see the nuances. Mm-hmm. Um, it's completely. Different, I think a completely rebuilt. Um, But but that that's the thing. Like like that's not a seventy dollar game. But then I have to commend PlayStation from kicking ass at one standpoint by bringing Final Fantasy back as a PlayStation exclusive. Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a PlayStation console exclusive available on PC as well, but, uh, but a but uh, a a PlayStation ex- console. Exclusive. I am
1: I am uh cautiously optimistic because after Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasy 7 remake they sucked. I have,
0: they sucked and I'm so mad about that. They you both have
1: sucked. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, I I personally but, enjoyed I personally enjoyed Final Fantasy 7 remake because I haven't played the original. Right. Right. And I have a very and I did different not. Church, And I have a <laughs> Yeah, uh I have a very different interpretation. Um I personally enjoy Final Fantasy VII. There's uh, hiccups here and there, but uh by and large I really love the world. But I'm Square Enix says, like uh,
0: "You'll you'll you'll start to hate uh, <laughs> the remake." Um but but the, I'm cautiously sure. optimistic for 16 because they actually
1: um I saw uh, the trailer for that. That looks interesting. The sci-fi uh it's it's more medieval. It's more it's a return. Medieval, to the, sorry, yes. to, It's to less the roots. sci-fi, more medieval. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's it's more retu- return to the roots of classic Final Fantasy. They um grabbed the uh, creator of Final Fantasy fourteen online, who which apparently it's a great Good. Final Fantasy game. Yeah. Um and uh, uh, Yoshi P and uh, they actually grabbed the director of um a really interesting JRPG that's actually they remastered it for the PlayStation four and and Switch and Xbox um the Last Remnant um and it looks like it's going to be an action rpg they actually have the battle director for the devil may cry series so you can see there's a lot of chain attacks and stuff like that in the combat which is really interesting i don't like that cuz i actually love turn based combat you know we're big uh, persona fans right here on this channel um uh, and, and classic final fantasy fans i, I definitely am but i'm going to i'm willing to give it a shot because they're returning at least the storytelling to the more classic Final Fantasy um, own, and that's what I personally yep. love. So I, I love I, that I, PlayStation I, I... went out and said, We're going to bring it back home. I mean, well, technically, it's home should have been Nintendo um, because that's when where Final Fantasy origin- uh, originally originated from. But what made final fantasy, no, but
1: final fantasy seven kick final fantasy seven kicked off Sony as but that's a legit the thing. competitor.
0: Yeah. Final yeah. fantasy seven kicked off Sony as being a legitimate threat to Nintendo and has been ever yeah. since. Um, uh,
1: one, one final note on final fantasy 14 before we return back to, um, the, the overall discussion of PlayStation five versus Xbox. Um, because I do, I, there's one other point we need to, uh, touch on and conclude on there. Um, highly recommend folks. If you really like final fantasy, Check out on Netflix. There's one season. If you enjoy, um, if, if you are a fan of subtitles and don't mind watching that, watching shows with subtitles in it, I really recommend watching uh, Final Fantasy XIV, Dad of Light. It is a Netflix series, one season. Um, it's a story about a father and son rekindling their bond through playing uh, Final Fantasy XIV online. Based on a true story, um, um, it goes pretty uh, into this like uh, this whole blog of where the son trying to reconnect with his father really recommended it. it's a very wholesome story um, I think a lot of us can relate to that or uh, like we'll find joy in that especially in these yep. uh, hard trying times that where online gaming has turned into a solace for connecting people as much as it has connected us together in the midst of this yep, pandemic
0: absolutely I, I agree with that it's really it's really wholesome it's really great um yes but yeah Vikram that's all I have to really say about the PlayStation 5 um I wanted one not gonna get one yeah. um Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is gonna come out for the PlayStation 4 this is,
1: so 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 so, so <laughs> this point right here this point is, this this is the, this is the point here that I want to uh touch on here is uh the games now mm-hmm. right the strategy that Sony is having for PlayStation 5 Microsoft doesn't really have like much of a strategy it's Game Pass right, it's right? Game Pass, like,
0: that's all they're selling
1: it's Game Pass. I mean, like, there's certain games like Yakuza um, that's coming. That's I guess coming out for Xbox Series X, Watch Dogs. Yeah, but it's Legion, coming out for PlayStation Five as well. I, I know. Like so. I know. The, okay. I, like all the games like Xbox is coming out with, you can get on PlayStation yep. Five, no doubt. Um,
0: or if they're exclusive, Xbox, you can get them on yeah. PC. Like I'm gonna get Fable on PC.
1: Yes. So, um, and PlayStation, I, I just can't wrap my head around this. Um. Why go from the beginning um, with Horizon Zero Dawn and Miles Morales Spider-Man? Like, I get Miles Morales Spider-Man's like 1A, you, like the in-between to the uh, to the successor, which I'm really hoping they tie in uh, more of uh, the Sinister... Or no, sorry, the Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation is, is leaning into uh, Venom territory, Right or the Venom storyline, because that was, um, am I wrong there?
0: You're talking about the PS4 Spider-Man game?
1: Yeah, the PS4 yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, the ending, yeah, off, they're changing up off. their, they,
0: yeah, you could see at the end, uh, in the, in the post-credits, Harry's actually in a tank with the symbiote, which is really interesting yep. that it's Harry Osborn, but, yep.
1: yeah. Yep, um, I think, I just think, like, at a glance, it's just interesting to see, like, Sony's strategy in that, okay, like, Horizon Zero Dawn is also kind of interesting. Um, It's supposed to be a true sequel. How much it lives to that success, especially for where Horizon Zero Dawn, like, impressed upon the world, um, remains to be seen. I feel like it's too early to release those games.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I wouldn't have released them on the PlayStation 4 at all. Um, But the PS4 has such a huge install base, 100 million-plus people, own one um mm-hmm. it's just really weird to me that okay if you're gonna do that for these games why can't i get demon souls for ps4 clearly horizon zero dawn and spider-man miles morales can run on the ps4 because they're coming out on the ps4 and i understand yep. you did build demon souls for the ps5 but there's sh- if these games can run on the ps4 why can't demon souls come run on the ps4 right and that kind of pisses right. me off you know like Yep. like so i'm just not gonna i mean yeah i'm just gonna wait i think we you know it was it's funny um when we were talking about this i think we both kind of came to the epiphany that we're just like screw it we're just gonna wait till mid-console but dude,
1: refresh I, there's only two games that really interest me that will that absolutely drive it home and will probably encourage me to get the playstation 5 and seek it out upon launch two games one Sackboy, boy a big adventure I just want. I just want to play the little big planet universe. And that's coming Sackboy out. Is that's coming special. out
0: launch day, by the way. But that is. <laughs> I, I know. Game.
1: I'm. I, I really want to play it. I love Sackboy. <laughs> uh, that, uh bug snacks.
0: And bug snacks. <laughs> but what
1: about? I'm surprised you didn't mention God of War. Uh, I know they teased God of War. Yeah. It ain't coming out until like 2022. 2020. There's yeah, no. At
0: the very least, the end of 2021. Well, yes. I mean, tail end of 20, you know they yeah. they might have had. See, this is the thing. They have had a couple of years to work on it. I, I would still think at the tail end of twenty twenty one is the earliest. I would think, right?
1: I would say twenty twenty two, just like to get it as closely like aligned. Pro- I yeah. mean, it's very distant, but like Thor got a, uh the the Thor four movie when that comes out. Uh, they definitely would capitalize just on kind that of... because it
0: is going to be Ragnarok, so that's yes. pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Ragnarok is
0: yes, that's right, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's kind of like I... freaking Sony fubard this man. They fubard this so bad, <laughs> and they still they, sold out. They, they, they still yeah. sold out.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh. let's uh, let's all, let's all take joy in. Um, I mean. I, just i'm looking forward to finalizing just like the collection of games that i have on my ps4 or at least for another 2 3 years yep. i know it, there's a lot of backwards compatibility with ps5 personally i'm just going to wait until the ps5 kind of matures develops and gets into that mid cycle refresh just to see like what's happening and what's coming in store for it and as well as to see how these acquisitions shake shake out i think that's uh i think it's important for consumers to realize that uh, when you go for, the, for a console right from beginning, you're making an investment and a bet that it's going to be the biggest thing ever. Um, and you really don't know until uh, two, three years on the line whether or not that investment has paid off. For a lot of folks, um, it's well worth it because it's the next best thing. It's shiny. It's something to brag about. But to others where it's like, you know what? I'm just, I, I just want to wait it out. You know, there's uh, Nintendo's coming out with some good games uh, this coming next year, hopefully... Uh, we're supposed to get a new Metroid game. We're supposed to get, um, it's gonna be the Legend of Zelda 35th anniversary. So Breath of the Wild 2 uh, is gonna
0: come out for sure.
1: Breath of the Wild 2 is gonna come out. Well, actually, the the new uh Dynasty Warriors, Warriors. Uh, prequel. Yeah. yeah, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. yeah,
0: very excited for that.
1: Um, so definitely some exciting stuff there. And a- honestly, and, that and, game- Vikram, I can't believe
0: we didn't say this, but uh, one of our most anticipated games, Cyberpunk. Has gone gold today. I, I
1: already ordered that. I'm getting that. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. It gone. It's gone gold. So, um, we I, are getting I know, it next as month. Of today, it's gone gold. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I'm I'm excited for that. We're, we're going to be playing a lot of that uh, in November. I can't wait. That's going to be so much fun.
1: And guess what's coming out uh, next week? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Yes,
0: we are downloading the update for that. Then uh, going to be playing multiplayer on that. Cannot wait.
1: We have a lot of multiplayer games. We're finally branching out of uh, Warzone. We got an anthem on our deck yep. too. I can't wait to start streaming. We've got a set of time to yeah, stream 100%. Like, the video games. We, and we will. Yeah, games and we just, will. And yeah. we'll
0: we'll blast it all over Twitter um to make sure you guys tune in. Uh w- with that said, Vikram, where can we find you on the interwebs?
1: Find me on Twitter. Um I have some musings to give or retweets uh here and there. Even if you just want to follow my passive likes um you always know what I have, uh, what my interests are, and um, how I'm kind of putting that out there. So um, you can find me on Twitter; it's uh, Vikram underscore Ramesh. You can also find me on Instagram, Vikram dot Ramesh,
0: and you can find me at Big Bad Timber on Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, YouTube. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel; that's where I'll post the podcast video feed of this. Uh, podcast. Uh, follow our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash big bad And, um, you can follow and subscribe to us on a bunch of platforms for the podcasts like Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. Uh, I have to get us on iHeartRadio. Remind me to do that, Vikram. I will try to do that. So that iHeartRadio soon, um, Podbean, <laughs> um, as well as any other, uh, streaming, uh, podcast, uh, platforms. Um, Vikram, thanks so much for hanging out, man. It's been it was really really fun. I can't wait to do it again. And uh, yeah, take care, everyone. Please I can't stay wait to, safe. I, I, Please yes. stay safe. I can't
1: wait to, Mike. I can't wait to yell at you in Warzone.
0: Yes, I know. We're probably going to be playing tonight
1: very soon. We are definitely going to be playing
0: tonight. <laughs> All right, everyone. Take care. <laughs>